The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Now, I do want to remind you, folks, that you know we are broadcasting here from the Hatch Coaching Studios. We've got our guests eagerly and patiently waiting on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. We'll get to the guests in just a moment or two. But we do want to mention we started a podcast at the beginning of this year, and our podcast is available at thecrudelife.com. Of course, it's available at all the different uh, podcast sites, whether it be iTunes or iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio. I forget what their name is today. But the podcast is a Monday through Thursday. Of course, we have our Week in Review every Friday here, which you're hearing on the radio as well as on the podcast. So we invite you folks to tune in, take a listen. Also, we have our exclusive interviews always available at the website, thecrudelife.com. And thank you, folks, for tuning in and joining us. I tell you, I heard Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell has a podcast. Ron Burgundy, the fictional character from Anchorman, has a podcast. Uh, My cat across the street has a podcast. He does it with the dog down the street who also has his own podcast. And then they do one with video games. So it is a competitive world out there. When you're talking about radio programs and podcasting and trying to get... Steve Harvey from Family Feud is now giving me the news in between gas pumps. So all I'm saying is thank you, folks. I appreciate it very much. Our producer, Provolone, appreciates it very much as well. So let's take a look at what we have for our week in review here at The Crude Life. Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Service gives us a history on his company, how baseball actually helped shape his company core. And we have a nice little story about Darren Ersted from North Dakota being the number one pick overall in baseball. Of course, Darren Ersted won national championship in football down in Nebraska where he played baseball and then was the number one pick in the, I forget, the 90. 90-something draft where the Angels picked him. So anyway, sidebar here at The Crude Life. But we talk a little bit with Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services about how baseball, he was a scout and did a number of things in college baseball down in Oklahoma. So we talk about that. He gives us an update from uh, the Bakken as well as down in Texas where he's doing some business as well. Bailey Midkiff and Jake Milney join us from Williams Insulation Company. They're commenting on the Rolling Stone article on radioactive wastewater, the one where it points the finger at oil and gas. Bailey Midkiff, Jake Milney, William Insulation Company. They're going to come on and talk to us. They're out of the uh, Wyoming office, actually. They've got a few offices down there. they got some business up in the Bakken, down in the DJ, the Powder River. They, by the way, they go outside of oil and gas because they're in the insulation business. They do a lot of business in the oil and gas sector, but they also have their, you know, their fingers and toes in other areas. So very good guests to bring on because 
they talk to all kinds of different things. Sometimes in the oil and gas industry, we can't see the forest from the trees. We get so into what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, and that's with anything. That doesn't matter if it's oil and gas or baseball or even the media. You know, so when you get focused, you get focused. Also, Miranda Meehan, North Dakota State University, talks about the reclamation workshop happening February 25th and 26th at the Ramada Grand Dakota Hotel and Conference in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's Miranda Meehan with North Dakota State University on the reclamation workshop happening February 25th and 26th. Plus, the Watford City High School students, Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, part of our series where we're sitting down with those that are growing up in oil field communities and those that have not grown up in oil field communities. So we're reaching out to the youth. We're reaching out to those who traditionally are not involved in the day-to-day part of the industry. So our continuing coverage of just building that bridge, if you will. And today we're going to talk with Watford City High School students, Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, about how this ambassador program they have in Watford City is really integrating industry into their lives in a positive way, more of an exposure of opportunity than anything. Plus, it's getting them involved in the census and certain government programs. And this is not a a debate on government, good or bad. What this is, though, is it's, it's creating an awareness and opportunities for kids at a high school age instead of just funneling them into a four-year degree. And that's really the root of this. So it's a it's a great conversation we have with the Watford City High School students, Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia. And they talk about how the oil and gas community has changed the perception of their lives in their childhood years. So Matt Cruz, Huskerland Oilfield Services, Bailey Midkiff, Jake Milney with William Insulation Company, Miranda Meehan, North Dakota State University, about the reclamation workshop, and in just a moment here, high school students from Watford City, Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia. All that here on the Crude Life Week in Review. Of course, all these interviews are available at thecrudelife.com. Before we get into our interviews, I do want to mention one thing about our social media. We would appreciate it very much if you could check us out and, you know, I guess like us, maybe share us, tell your neighbor about it with your voice. I mean, if you got to text it, go ahead and text it. I I understand. This is no lie. Okay, I'll I'll let you folks in on a little secret here as I pontificate here at the Weekend Review. Uh, This is no lie. Last summer, I had a date. Okay, I had a date. Now we're getting personal here at the Weekend Review. So uh, she was a millennial. Not saying good or bad, but she was a millennial. So we met a group of people out. There was, I think, six of us out, maybe seven, but we'll just say six. And I did the polite thing, and I I bought her a drink and came, and she texted me, thank you. No, No lie. I didn't know what to do with that. I was out of my element at that point. So I, uh, maybe I'll do a podcast just on that alone. But anyway, sorry to sidebar a little bit. So if you want to text people about your, about the website and about the, the social media we've got there, see if social media, you got to be social. That's what I'm told by the kids these days. You know what, if you're going to be social, be social. So there you go. A little bit of the, uh, inside knowledge on Jason Spies here at the Crude Life Week in Review. All right, let's get to our first interview here. We're going to go up to Watford City and sit down and talk with a couple high school students, four of them to be exact. 
we're going to talk with Taylor, Emma, Ellie, and Lydia. Program that we have with our school that's through our ag and business department is the CWE program for career work experience. Um, the high school seniors have the opportunity to spend a couple hours of their day uh, working in one of the companies in our town. Um, and that can go from the daycare or you can shadow a welder or I am like a receptionist at our electric company and or we have kids who go and they work at the hospital and there's just so many different opportunities that come with that and you get to get involved with all of the different businesses around and all of the different work experiences so it's a good transition to for the high school's kids to kind of see what real life is like, what real work life is like, and to see what the oil field has to offer because there are a lot of our kids in the program who do work um, oil field jobs and who do see themselves going right to the workforce and not into college. And so this is a good opportunity for them to set a base and for them to get involved already. And I know that some of the jobs that are through the CWE program are starting to mentor and to have kids shadow like there's one who's shadowing a welder and learning the trade and so that's you could be learning lots of different skills while you're in this kind of job. And that was Watford City High School students Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies and this is The Crude Life We Can Review. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Thank you folks for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Bailey Midkiff and Jake Milney with William Insulation Company. Bailey Midkiff, WIC. Jake Milney, WIC. Outstanding. The levels look great and I appreciate you both joining us today. And I wanted to get right into the meat of it right away because... It is, it is something I think it's going to be an ongoing topic. I wanted to be on the forefront of it. Wanted to bring you guys in to talk a little bit about the uh, radioactive cover story on Rolling Stone. And, of course, that means it's going to hit the youth and it's going to create a whole new conversation about energy. And just based on those keywords alone, do you two know what I'm talking about? And what kind of uh, comments are we in for today? <laughs> I mean, we always enjoy the comments, Jason, but, uh, I mean, that kind of puts it on a weird thing. And actually the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, uh, Jake and I were actually having, uh, some dinner last night, you know, the regular hamburger chat. And, uh, we discussed how on December 23rd, I think it was a Monday, there was, uh, an article brought up that, uh, Pavilion Wyoming was a big discussion for some time. It's actually been, uh, an ongoing investigation until they finally closed it that day uh, about fracking and contaminated water. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting to find out that this investigation started in 2008 and had a lot of uh, various uh, topics that came with it, but they concluded that uh, it was not contaminated because of fracking, which was quite an interesting thing to talk about because it's always something that's brought up, right? 
Well, to me, the word radioactive oil and gas wastewater is is going to be used in all kinds of signs. It's a uh, you know, it's 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 going to be played on, and that seems to be the thrust and the the bulk or the 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 core, I should say, of what this narrative is trying to be. And I look at it as a narrative because I haven't seen any of the science yet that's been proven. But Jake, do you are, do you have any comments on this as far as? Uh, how, how they're treating this and the story that's come out on this, and have you heard any comments from people in the industry? I haven't heard a whole lot, um, but as far it's just pushing the same agenda as always, right? Um, just like uh, with Pavilion, it, for years it was it was oh, the water's bad, and it's all because the oil and gas companies, and you know, spent millions and millions of dollars i think deq spent 1.2 million dollars investigating this and uh and here it is it turns out well actually uh epa was wrong now the state took over and, and deq says well this is what really happened uh it, they're, they're saying that it's um pvc particles in the in the first investigation is common uh in the uh when you go to a it's a common uh what am I looking for, Bailey? The what did the report say? No. Uh, it, it was it contaminant was contaminant. Yeah, in, in a in their um, w- the lab that was originally hired to do it, and it that's no one wants to see that when you're on the other side of the agenda, right? But I think it's it's something that we're going to continue to see, and it's it's not going to stop. It's it's pushing that agenda, right? It's just it's all bad. We've I, all had this conversation multiple times it's the word right it 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 develops a a a toxic taste in your mouth just on how it's been presented for so long right the resonation with the audience you're pushing for exactly exactly and i mean and i i'm not gonna say names but i mean like pavilion wyoming and this specific oil and gas company you know they come in and uh they take care of this i think it's 12 miles is this field alone and uh they find themselves you know, getting pushback from smaller people. I mean, when you start looking at a small town like that with a very large company, other things come to mind. I mean, you know, are, are we getting the uh, compensation we deserve? You know, I mean, a lot of variables come to that and different feelings people have, which I think kind of started this whole conversation. I think the whole thing actually started in 2008 when they felt that it had a weird tinge slash taste to it as well as a smell. You know, and then this whole thing took off from there. Well, the funniest part, uh, I was talking with my cousin. He was, he worked for that company when this all happened. And, and he worked for the, co- the small company that uh, operated the field before it was bought out. And it was never an issue. And then uh, what it all, his opinion on that particular one was that it all came down to the surface rights. Is that then the, the big company came in and, and uh, a few people got upset about uh, not getting their extra slice of the pie when the big dogs came in and that's where it all started from and it escalated from there but the radioactive uh oil where where are they claiming this is is coming from <laughs> I have to do a search on that well and that's where i was looking at this is i i haven't completely read the rolling stone story I feel like I'm a little bit out of sorts by saying that because I, I didn't see, I skimmed it and I didn't see like any links to any studies or anything along those lines. And so I have to go back and 
re revisit that story, but I did look at the one from the Texas Standard, which came out a day or two later after the uh, Rolling Stone story. And I'd like to know your guys' opinion on this because the Texas Standard is pretty much like an NPR or a, a PBS of of Texas. They're a public, right? Yeah, they're they're like a yeah a, a, a public you know communication entity. So they're supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to be you know, that sort of thing. They always have the, the, the label, if you're in the public uh, communications, that you're, you know, you're a left-leaning liberal type of a, of a thing. And whether that's true or not is irrelevant, but that's, that's usually the label. This story certainly makes it seem like it's true because just the, by the way, Texas Standard, the national daily news show of Texas, okay? And okay. the headline just to me is is so loaded that if, if you read the headline alone, you don't even want to read the story. Like you don't want your day to go in, any more depressed because the hidden danger of radioactive oil and gas wastewater. I mean, it's got the word hidden in there. It's got the word danger in there. It's got Fukushima radioactive Chernobyl in there. It's got, I mean, it's got everything you could possibly need in there. So when, when what bothers me here is when, when public, dollars and i'm sure that they've gotten some support from an oil and gas company at the texas standard trust me if they're like an npr they're getting support from energy companies this is starting to happen more and more is what i'm getting at people right. people in the industry have the people they've been supporting over the last five years seem to be really turning on them right now anyway i that's that's all that that's my long question well, statement well, diatribe let, let me shoot from the hip here, Jason, you know, because, I mean, obviously, uh, I've spent my whole career in oil and gas. I, I try to say oil and gas industry because there's not really an oil and gas section, you know, and Jake has pretty much as well. And I'm guessing, and just correct me if I'm wrong since I haven't read the article, but I will right when I get off the phone with you because this is intriguing. I'm assuming it, it's making people sick or it's whatever it is they're trying to justify in the terms of that, I would have to guess. Is that is that what I'm taking? Another thing, you know, the what doesn't have radioactivity in it anymore? I mean, you're it's if you'd like to go shooting your guns, you're getting a little bit of radioactivity every time you pull the trigger. Every time you you heat up a burrito in the microwave, you're getting radioactivity. I there's so much out there that in the fact that they can't point to a study. I'm actually skimming the Rolling Stone article right now. It's uh, yeah, I don't see any kind of studies in there. I see them referencing some uh, some EPA regulations and stuff like that, but they, they where is the factual basis behind it? And it's because it's just all pushing the agenda. I mean, it's not going to stop. It continues to go, and that's why we got to stay proactive in in combating this. And and you know what? If there's a problem, let's let's deal with that problem. Absolutely, but uh, th throwing uh, throwing accusations without uh, anything to uh, back up the where you're you're coming from doesn't make much sense to me at all. And that was Bailey Midkiff and Jake Milney with William Insulation Company. To listen to the full length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. You're listening to the Crude Life We Can Review. Well, you can be my little pony, we'll be your big stud. You can be Bugs Bunny, I'll be your Elmer Fudd. 
The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Make Energy Great Again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make Energy Great Again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make Energy Great Again. Visit KeepEnergyGreat.com. That's KeepEnergyGreat.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, the Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch coaching. I got to watch him give a talk at TEDx Brookings. It's been said that if you want to create competition, tell everyone your success. And if you want to create compassion, share your weaknesses. And Eric's somebody that could easily lead with all he's accomplished. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oil Field Services. Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oil Field Services. Huskerland Oil Field Services. Why does Nebraska come to mind when I hear that name? So talk to me about uh, the company and Huskerland and the whole deal. Yes, sir. Um, well, you're exactly right. Huskerland, that's I'm originally born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and I was... I was Living in Oklahoma, I got done coaching, you know, was, and was still living down there when I broke out in the old field. And uh, when it came time to, you know, get an LLC or S Corp and get, and get it all put together, originally it was going to be uh, Sooterland because I was down there. But uh, we ended up moving back to Nebraska, and I was like, hey, Huskerland it is. So, uh, you know, that's how the name came about. And uh, as, as far as getting out in the old field, I, I coached college baseball and coached overseas and uh, for, you know, 10-plus years. And then uh, – one of my former players had his, his wife had a miscarriage, and, and thank goodness now they got three beautiful children. Uh, but that time it was 2000, oh, two, Christmas of 2011, and so Oldfield was hammered down right then. Guys had either been out for a long time and were at the house and wanted to be at the house for Christmas, or were still on a well, and he was having a hard time being able to get out of there to go be with his wife. And uh, he called me and he's like, "Coach, hey, can you you know you hop up here for a few days?" And so uh, my introduction to the oil field was him giving me about a 15-minute crash course on 
what to look for, give you this number, this number, this number. Uh, he headed to the house, and at the end of that four days, he came back and cut me a check, and it was, you know, it was better than what I was making as a, a junior college assistant baseball coach. Because how much you win, you're not making much money there. And uh, so if it ever opened up to give me a call, and fast forward to the next August, you know, we're going trying to go for our second national championship in a row. We end up getting beat by LSU Eunice in the in that last game. And uh, I was at Yankee Stadium watching one of my former players make his big league debut with the with the Mariners and got a call. He's like, hey, coach, you still want to do that? And, man, I, I hopped on the next flight after the game and headed down to Texas, sat with him as well. And, and uh, man, I've been in it ever since. It's been, it's been a fun ride. So you are located in Texas. I, I did follow the story. You're from Omaha. You've traveled around a little bit doing the work thing. And then uh, it sounds like you uh, landed in yes. Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh Miami, Texas, and uh, was working in the area and, and, you know, liked the area and uh, <clears throat> met a woman who's now my fiance, and uh, so that's what brought me to, to that area, living in small town Miami, Texas. It's a, it's a nice place, but uh, what we do is, uh, you know, flow back, production operators, lease operators, consultants, and, uh, you know, it, they've been able to, to stay busy for the most part and, you know, been able to see some growth, and uh, I, I'm glad you had us on the program and you know a lot of times I'm still out in the field with the guys and I don't get to get out and network as much as I'd like and you know I, I grew up in Nebraska where the old field wasn't wasn't that big so uh get an opportunity to have have me on your show I appreciate it because you know maybe meet a, a little bit larger audience and they can know what we do and uh they need to get a hold of me as well so you know, I was going to ask you about baseball, so keep that in the back pocket. And then I was going to ask you about, you know, life's a hitch. I want to ask you about hitch living as well. Yes. But uh, I do want to ask you about the <clears throat> the problem that has come up over and over and over again about how it seems like people who are not at networking events or at conferences um, – kind of get left out a little bit from time to time. And those that are working or at home with their families uh, have to work even harder. And I've heard that, and I don't mean that to, to, you know, say anything negative towards anybody. I'm just saying I'm, I'm hearing that so much. It just seems like that's kind of the way things have gotten. And then when you just said that, I kind of reinforced that thought again, enough for me to bring it up and say, hey, are you hearing that? Are you seeing that? Talk to me about what you're going through with that. Yeah, no, you know, I'm a small operation in the grand scheme of things. I'm a minnow floating around just, you know, trying to trying to get what I can and, and stay going. We're not in a position where it can go and, you know, have the support staff of an office assistant, a $100,000 a year salesman, and, you know, all these uh, expenses and overhead, you know, that I, I do it all myself, you know, until it gets to a, and we get the growth to a point where, be um, comfortably and, and smartly start adding pieces as, as they need to go. It's something that I've been doing all myself. And, you know, even with, with the sports deal, my background was, you know, I was a recruiting coordinator. And so, you know, I, I try to network as, as much as I can. But, yeah, I, I, I don't have the money to have a guy in the field all the time. So now I'm out in the field for, you know, a month, two months, three months at a time. And, uh, so, you know, you, you get a chance to meet those that you're around. Uh, but as far as, you know, the growth, you're not meeting as many people that you like as far as the accounts and introduce yourself. So what ends up becoming is, you know, using social media. And that's, uh, you know, been the biggest way that I've been able to at least where it's not feeling like I'm out of sight, out of mind, you know, because you can get out there on a long hitch and, you know, something comes up on short notice. And if, uh, 
you know, you don't have somebody in the field that's going to meet with guys and take them to lunch, and you have no no presence on social media reaching out, you know, with the phone calls, uh, you know, that you can't get lost in the shuffle. And what compounds it even worse is that you get off a three three month hitch and you know you're back at the house and you got a wife and you got a fiance and you got a girlfriend and you got kids and you know you want to spend time with them because you feel like though you're making a good living and and you're able to provide for them you know there's some things that money can't buy and it's it's that time so when you do get home you want to try to soak up that time as much as you can well now you're in a situation where you know i've been gone do i want to go have beers at the at the local pub and you know maybe run some guys that you know can talk talk shop with and next you know a deal comes out not no that that doesn't end up happening you, you stay at the family and now you know it, it does stunt your growth it, it really it really it really can you just hope that the relationships that you have existing are are solid and stay solid and you know the ones that you you do come into hopefully it's a meaningful one where it's it's uh quality over just quantity and that's you know for me as a small operator it's that's been our deal is just it's not how big we can get and, you know, how many counts is the ones you have and, and the ones you, you have a chance to have that, you know, you do a good job and, and hopefully get the call, the next call when they have something going. But No, I've, I feel your pain. I can empathize uh, a lot of what you're talking about. I'm a single dad, and, in fact, I've got a kid downstairs sick. He threw up about three hours ago, so we've got oh, to – Oh, yeah, I mean, throw – you know, I mean, a, a sick day, if you're – Working a regular job, a sick day can throw you completely out of the loop. If you're, you For know, sure. if if your kid's not old enough to take care of himself, and even if he is old enough to take care of himself, I mean, wh- what do you do? Do you give him, you know, a couple tablets and go back to work when your kid's sick? So I mean, it's just it's kind of well, it, right it, now, it, yeah. You, you hope they don't have the uh, coronavirus, whatever is going that you guys didn't eat Chinese, and the little guy gets to feeling better soon, man. Why and why uh, did they have to name that virus after a delicious <laughs> beer? I mean, I don't, I don't. I know it sure is making for some some good memes. I guess. I, yeah, I, I, don't know. I suppose it is, but uh, it's it's interesting though how to how to make the work uh, life balance work, and then also for a small business, especially in the energy industry. I've said for a long time I've been a big champion for these natural gas crazy guys who, you know, they're 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 smart, clever capitalists, and you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of research money that goes. Go, that that's available and yet these uh-huh. guys are camping out and sleeping at the well sites and checking monitors and just you know doing what they got to do trying to make right. their smart clever capitalistic idea work and you know and and trying to meet all the different regulations that the states require and this and that and 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 you know this energy companies they've got shareholders they've got budgets they've got etc so they're they're pretty well predictable for the most part, yep. what what they're going right. to do, what they can do. Now, can you build a better sandwich or, you know, make a better mousetrap? Sure. And that's where you got to be able to show the energy company and tell them about it. So uh, use this opportunity. You mentioned, you know, that it, this is one of the platforms that reaches into offices that um, when you're not there. So, you, you know, I mean, while we're talking right now, a week from now, two days from now, a month from now, this interview can be listened to in someone's office in Houston or the Bakken or Marcella. Right. So who is your customer? Who are you looking for? And if you want, you can mention some, you know, te- testimonials that people know, you know, what kind of quality work you can do. Yeah. Uh, for us, um, you know, some of the largest, everything for us has been direct MSAs with the, with the energy producers. Cause I think at times where guys, you know, especially the smaller outfits that, you know, 
everybody everybody and their mom has a flowback company now. And what you find is you get guys, you know, I, I talked to a guy the other day. He was got a hold of me. Hey, do you ever need, uh, you know, contractors that we could supplement what you have going on? And, you know, I, I said, hey, what, what's your business model? Are, are you supplying, you know, third-party contractors or are you, you know, have direct MSAs and you're going that way? And he said, we're trying to do both. And I said, you can't do both. You can do both. If it's a cash grab, for me, it hasn't been a cash grab. You know, it's a, a long process. Won the first national championship that, that uh, was fortunate enough to be a part of it. And, took- and that was Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life We Can Review. Mind blown, the Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Welcome back to The Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Miranda Meehan with North Dakota State University about the reclamation workshop happening February 25th and 26th in Dickinson, North Dakota. So 8th Annual Reclamation Conference in Dickinson, I thought, oh, we got to get them on the air and talk about the conference as well as just some of the different speakers and topics to give people an idea at how how integral and how advanced and how innovative and layered this uh, reclamation can be so uh, miranda thank you for joining us today yeah thank you for having me so first off the nuts and bolts uh when is it where is it and uh give us that information the conference is as you had already stated is in dickinson north dakota uh, february 25th and 26th and it is at what was formerly the ramada um, it's the Ro- now it is the roosevelt grand dakota hotel Oh, they changed the name, huh? The Ramada did? Yes, within the last week. Is the Spaghetti Western done too? I don't know. The, the restaurant, you know what I mean? The, uh, I, I can't yes, remember. I okay, good. I, well, somebody email us and let us know, Jason, at thecrudelife.com. I haven't, uh, oh, I haven't been there in a while, but oh, they changed the name. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, t- eighth annual, so you've had them in the past. Uh, what are some of the highlights from the past and what can people expect this year? Uh, I just, I think the really big highlight is, I mean, 
we always have a great speaker lineup, but just the number of people from industry that we're able to bring together. Um, last year we had 275 attendees. So to be able to bring all those people together in one place to be able to network and talk to each other and make those connections is really, really one of the, the biggest things that I think is an asset to attend this conference. Are you a, a speaking? Are you attending? Are you the organizer? What's your affiliation? I am on the organizing committee since, I, since the beginning. I've been a committee member in, in different facets. I have spoken in the past. I do, I do some reclamation research here at NDSU, um, but I am not speaking this year. Okay. Um, talk to me about some of the different areas about you know reclamation. We've had archaeologists on talking about some of the preventative side where they go out and they'll do site exploration and that sort of thing. But there's after the well gets drilled and after whatever, there there's something, you know, the land has changed. There's a reclamation process that, that goes on. Um, different, obviously, depending on and on every different site. But uh, what are some of the different topics and some of the different uh, areas that uh, people can look forward to? This year, um, we're focusing a lot on um, technology. So it's really popular, the new technologies that industry is using and those new things that are available to industry as well as ecosystem recovery. And so how can we ma manage this if reclamation has been successful? I imagine the EERC, the Energy and Environmental Research, is going to be part of this, either with speakers or iPipe. I don't know. They've been promoting that quite a bit over the last year, so I'm not sure if that's going to make its way into reclamation or not. But ERC involved this year? Yes, we do have a speaker with the RC, um, talking about the BEST program or the Brine Extraction and Storage Test Program. Um, we don't have anyone currently lined up with, from the, with the iPipe part um, since we had a speaker on that last year. Well, you guys had them last year, huh? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's when about they started promoting it. Uh, at least that's when I started seeing it, about a little over a year ago, and I wondered if it would make its way into the rec reclamation side of things. Do you guys break it into different areas, you know, pipelines from well sites to, you know, saltwater sites, that sort of thing? Or is it all just kind of engineers here and archaeologists here and land people here? It's all, it's, we've kind of reformatted. It used to all be just one session. Um, last year we did which we have a keynote the evening before and a trade show mixer with hors d'oeuvres and kind of gives people time to mingle and get to know each other and chat. And then the morning of the 26th, we have a general session that we're going to, this year we're going to focus on case studies. And then in the afternoon, after we will break into the concurrent sessions, which focusing on technology and then the other focusing on ecosystem recovery. You have a livestock in your title. Did I see that correctly? That is correct. Um, do you do much with the ag and energy relationship? I did a story on on that. Just the the um, farmers and you know having having wells on their property and just the interaction between the two. Does you know just kind of a sidebar from the reclamation side? You and your personal professional day to day. Does that ever cross your desk? That sort of thing. 
Yeah, so we actually have a project here that we're wrapping up. It was a three-year research and extension project. And as part of that, we did discussion groups where we brought together industry and landowners to talk about some of the issues with brine spill remediation and um, bring them together and have that conversation, which was really, really great. And then we, we've done some tours and um, like highlighting some of the impacts there and some of the efforts that industry is making and the research that's being done specific to brine. And that was Miranda Meehan with North Dakota State University talking about the reclamation workshop happening February 25th and 26th at the Ramada Grand Dakota Lodge in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank Matt Cruz with Huskerland Oilfield Services, Watford City High School students Emma, Taylor, Ellie, and Lydia, Bailey Midkiff, and Jake Milney with William Insulation Company, and Miranda Meehan with North Dakota State University for coming on today's program and talking with myself and the rest of the staff here at thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. We have a Monday through Thursday podcast. We call it a daily podcast because in the podcast world, daily means Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday and the weekend. So appreciate it, folks. If you check out thecrudelife.com, we've got podcasts. We've got exclusive interviews. We've got this radio program in a review. We've also got social media pages from Facebook to YouTube to Twitters, even the YouTubes. That's right. We even got the YouTubes here on the interweb. Check it out. Be very appreciative of that. We even got clothing, crude, crude life clothing. Let your clothing speak for you this political season. Let me tell you what. We've got a very popular one called the People's Shirt, Just Frack It. And we also have another one. Keep calm and frack on. Go to thecrudelife.com and click on the different icons. You'll see that we've got some people wearing different shirts, etc. Just click on that. It'll bring you right to the catalog. You can check out all the different offerings we have here at The Crude Life Week in Review. From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry. It's a way of life. Crude Life is sponsored in part by Make Energy Great Again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make Energy Great Again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make Energy Great Again. Visit KeepEnergyGreat.com. That's KeepEnergyGreat.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking. 
The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 